When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Dylan was—he was a revolutionary man. The way that, the way that Elvis freed your body, Bob freed your mind. This is Bob Dylan, about man, and God, and law. So don't fear if you hear a foreign sound to your ear. It's all right, Ma. I'm only sighing. If you go to BobDylan.com, there's a guy hanging out there. Maybe you've seen him before. He's sort of a one-room schoolhouse schoolmaster, a kind of fellow with a pointing stick and a graduate's cap, proving perhaps that he's already survived the plagues of higher education in the green pastures of Princeton University. Zander Day of Locusts, 1970 for that one. Now this creepy pile of bones is gesturing to a blackboard of rock and roll implausibility. It is, amidst wave number four of COVID-19 and maskless know-it-alls running their mouths and clogging up hospitals throughout the land that a young man named Dylan has written a song for you. And he wants to play it for you live in towns big and small all over the world for the next three years. Yes, young fella, 80-year-old Bob Dylan has announced a triplicate venture on the road. And the MC of this journey seems to be a skeletal grim reaper. At first just ghostly, and now a whiter shade of pale, this figure is a little comical. A Mr. Bojangles of the end times, the never-ending tour times, the never-ending tour times, marked by dates in crazy anticipation of going on forever, but also definitively reminding us that it will not. You into thinking you're the one that can do what's never been done, that can win what's never been won. Meantime, life outside goes on all around you. Things Aren't What They Were is the header of this quasi-creepshow poster announcing the Rough and Rowdy Ways Tour, a resumption, and perhaps a grand finale. Is Bob Dylan trying to scare us? Is he scared? One of Bob Dylan's superpowers is to not be afraid of anything. His fearlessness as an artist means constant reinvention, forever changes in repertoire and style, pushing through low ebbs of popularity and ignoring minor blips of success like the Nobel Prize for Literature, responding to his own personal or spiritual concerns in private when celebrity demands constant exposure, and simply staying relevant and outlasting nearly all of his peers. But things do haunt him. They have always 
haunted him. There are ghosts in Dylan's machine. What are they? Who are they? And should they scare us too? For them that must obey authority that they do not respect in any degree, who despise their jobs, their destiny, speak jealously of them that are free, do what they do just to be nothing more than something they invest in. I'm Stephen Daniel Arnoff. I wrote a book called About Man and God and Law, The Spiritual Wisdom of Bob Dylan. Read the introduction at mangodlaw.com or pre-order the book on Amazon. Ebooks will be out for the holidays and print copies arrive everywhere. Books are sold on May 3rd, 2022. Now today we're talking Dylan's Things That Go Bump in the Night Blues, The Ghostly and the ghastly and the downright horrifying Bob Dylan's songs and visions portray. So welcome to episode three of season two of Bob Dylan about man and God and law. It's a Halloween hootenanny. Now masters of war You build all the big guns You build a big plane And you build a big bomb You hide behind walls And you hide behind death I just want you to know The military-industrial complex President Dwight Eisenhower warned us about when Dylan was only a kid is so sophisticated now that it's hard to see any daylight between the industries, investors, politicians, and generals grinding out economies dependent on a vast, almost limitless military footprint. If there is something monstrous that Dylan cuts his teeth on and earns an all-but-permanent place in the world's cultural psyche from the start of his career for, it's striking out against the horror of the in-crowd that runs this venture. These are the masters of war. Guests number one of the Halloween Hootenanny. do I know To talk out of time Dylan performed a riot, in Dr. Jack Nicholson's word from his introduction, in a version of Masters of War when he received the Lifetime Achievement Award at the Grammys in 1991, a full lifetime or two ago. The song was played loud, fast, almost unintelligibly, a song first released almost 30 years prior at the height of the Cold War in 1963, already apparent for a very long time in 1991, and at the midpoint in his career it became apparent, Dylan pointed in two directions for this honor. 
in the shadow of this song. A mannish boy, fidgeting and fussing on the stage like a marionette in the wind on something synthetic, perhaps. A most particular blue-eyed son looking upon fathers, children, and the men who demand a kill-them-or-be-killed kind of a love. Jack picks up on the vibe of fearlessness in framing the man of the hour, and Dylan explains. For uh, the constant state of restlessness that has enabled you to seek newer and better means of expressing the human condition with words and music, for living your creative life fearlessly and without apology and leading the way no matter how the times change, the National Academy of Recording Arts and Sciences joins a worldwide network of grateful fans in presenting you this Grammy Lifetime Achievement Award. Congratulations. Thank you. Well, um, all right. Yeah. Well, my daddy, he didn't leave me too much. You know, he's a very simple man, and uh, he didn't leave me a lot. But what he told me was this. He did say, son, he said, uh, He said so many things, you know. <laughs> he said, you know, it's possible to become so defiled in this world that your own mother and father will abandon you. And if that happens, God will always believe in your own ability to mend your own ways. Thank you. As we've already mentioned elsewhere, this statement of releasing his own father from any monstrosity any claim of being a monster, is also a reshaping of the Hebrew Bible's Psalm 27, which reads, Though my father and mother abandon me, the Lord will take me in. When he had played Masters of War from that same stage a few moments before, the ultimate line about those Masters of War still echoed. You've thrown the worst fear that can ever be hurled, fear to bring children into the world. For threatening my baby unborn and unnamed, who ain't worth the blood that runs in your veins. One day they're gonna die. The death's gonna come soon. That's a charge beyond any terror, to play God, all-powerful, to be the judge, the captain, the commander. It's not a throne upon which human bottoms are meant to sit, but Dylan calls for it. It is perhaps the scariest thing that he ever sings in a song. A call for execution for those hooded masters of war who make us afraid to bring children into the world. 
We are listening to Man of Peace from Infidels, released as the first full cloth album after the height of his so-called born-again Christian period. The title of the record pulls no punches. Infidels is a label for heretics, lost believers, the kind of people fundamentalist believers like the Taliban or certain gun-toning white people hanging out in Washington, D.C. on January 6, 2021, claiming allegiance to another monotheistic faith or Donald Trump might cast out for abuse and scorn. So Dylan who had immersed himself in years prior in the binary equation of man and God and law, whereby you've either got faith or, as an infidel, you've got unbelief, firmly places himself as an outsider, a religious outlaw. And then, speak of the devil. Here comes the accuser, duded up and all but hidden. Halloween hootenanny guest number two, Satan. Please allow me to introduce himself, Dylan's bad man in the field of wealth and taste. The original Hebrew term for Satan or the devil or Lucifer, Satan or Hasatan, is just a word meaning accuser or adversary. know all about this particular gentleman, a fallen angel, one of the divine's rebels of a lost cause, who comes up again in one of Dylan's cover albums of Frank Sinatra, or should we say Sinestra, (laughs) titled Fallen Angels. He's walking the earth, this fallen angel, seeking chaos, the ultimate disruptor. Now, he also famously meets Robert Johnson in a blues legend, which is probably a crock as fact, but holds the musical imagination until today. He meets him at a crossroads, a place where the deal goes down, and it still lives in Dylan's psyche. The crossroads and that musical deal. still out here doing these songs you know you're still on tour i do but i don't take it for granted why do you still do it why are you still out here well it goes back to the destiny thing i mean i made a bargain with it you know a long time ago and i'm holding up my hand what was your bargain to get where um i am now should i ask who you made the bargain with (laughs) <laughs> with, 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 you know, with the chief, uh, chief commander. On this earth? <laughs> and on this earth and in, uh, and then in a world we can't see. And this scary thought leads us to guest number three of the Halloween Hootenanny. It's a good lover gone bad. Lucifer. How much longer? How much longer? I had a 
Yes, it's Lucifer again this time, but as a lover who haunts the one who still loves her, even after betrayal. She's an idiot in Idiot Win, one of the most scathing songs of love lost that I know. Idiot. Idiot. This word comes from the Greek term idiot for just a plain old person, not a numbskull, just a regular Joe, but also reminding us of MC Skeleton from Dylan's Rough and Rowdy Ways promotional materials. Both lovers, both both idiots, as the song goes, have an idiot wind blowing through the sockets of their skulls. That's the MC Skeleton. It could be the Holy Spirit blowing through those sockets, the sanctified breeze of wisdom. Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit in Hebrew, that which animates life, particularly the life of a prophet. But an empty head, a numb skull, just a skull like Satan, can't hold the spirit. It just shoots right through it. It's dead to it. And that's scary and haunting. So much so that when love, godly, human, or otherwise, goes bad, the jilted lover, like Dylan's jilted lover in 1997, standing in the doorway, sings that if he ever saw her again, he wouldn't know if, quote, I'd kiss you or I'd kill you, end quote. The ghost of our old love has not gone away, he sings. Some things are eternal. And if we can't have what we want, those lovers are, as we say, dead to us. Haunting us like ghosts and evil we project about someone because they don't give us what we want. Calling something evil because we don't understand it. That's the human way. So often, so much a cause of evil. The discomfort with the unknown. The inability to possess something or someone to not be able to explain something or someone as it blows through us or knocks us over. So we make the beloved, the formerly beloved, the still beloved, just the opposite of what he or she was. We make them a monster. And what is the final frontier of fear? The fourth and final guest of the Halloween Hootenanny. The answer is obvious, at least for those studied in the arts of Bob Dylan, the most eloquently self-critical songwriter since King David. Enter. And the moonlight's on the river side. The self. They're drinking up and walking. And it is time for me to slide. I live in another world where life and death are memorized. Where the earth is strong with lava's pearls. And all I Now, in the last episode, bootlegging, we listened with great intent to the flip sides of New Danville and Brownsville Girl from the recently released Springtime in New York, Volume 16 of the Bootleg series. Three songs from that era, all of which were released in other form, 
all of which get a new hearing on this recent record, capture that middle-aged angst and regret, a kind of low-grade horror of being one's own worst enemy, of being stuck in the middle with you, yourself, and facing the sockets of your own skull. Not a lover from the good love gone bad, but the mourning of the stuckedness of the self. And all I see are dark eyes. When Dylan sees dark eyes in the audience, I suspect it's a reflection of that idiot wind blowing through him. A reflection of the narrator of the song's own sense of his emptiness, his invisibility, his own sadly empty windows into the soul. They tell me to be discreet for all intended purposes. I and I, and an I for an I, and a me for a me, and a you for a you, a nature that neither honors nor forgives in the song I and I. Strange woman has slept in my bed. Look how sweet she sleeps. How free must be her dream. In another lifetime, she must have owned the world or been faithfully wed to some righteous king who wrote songs beside Moonlight Stream. I and I, in creation, where was a nature need? In the end, like God said to Moses when they met on Mount Sinai, and Moses begs to see God's face, you can touch through the law, God says, but you better not look. No man sees my face and lives. So says the book of Exodus, chapter and verse. So to Dylan. I got nothing to say, especially about whatever was. Playing on the ancient theme that people were created in the image of God, he looks at himself from the inside and the outside and sees an infidel alone, saying no one sees his face and lives, not even he himself. Took a stranger to teach me to look into justice's pitiful face and to see an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. I and I, in creation where one's nature neither honors nor forgives. joke it is. To know oneself so well as to be back to the source of all things, and yet to feel unseen. This, too, is a horrifying and monstrous feeling. Standing on the water, casting your bread, while the eyes of the idol with the iron head I go in. 
And yet, what's the thing that Dylan may be best at? His How Does It Feel superpower. It's facing fears and making them universal. To be fearless, to be fearless does not mean that one does not recognize what is shocking, mortal, disfigured, jarring, a skeleton in the classroom or in the closet, even pending death at the end of the never-ending tour. Dylan faces it all. To be fearless means to honor fears and still move forward toward them in order to face them eye to eye. Keeping one step ahead of the persecutor within. I and I, I and you. But in taking it seriously and not taking it alone as the dilemma and fear are heard. You're a man of the mountains. You can walk on the clouds. Manipulator of crowds. You're a dream twister. This is the sound of fear melting away when it's shared, when it's voiced. And that's no joke, Joker. Dancing to the Nightingale's tune, by the light of the moon, I hear hope in all of that. You're a king among nations, you're a stranger at home. A nightmare soothe, a Halloween hootenanny that had to be in order to clean out those skeletons in that closet and head back out on the road. Things are not what they were. And the book of Leviticus and Deuteronomy, the law of the jungle and the sea are your only teachers. No crystal ball. But then comes morning and more music too. So drunk, standing in the middle of the street, directing traffic. This has been episode three of season two of Bob Dylan about man and God and law. Hope it didn't scare you too much, kids. In two weeks, we will be speaking with pop culture writer Rebecca Slayman. Rebecca slayed them, gave a knockout talk at the first conference of the Bob Dylan Center celebrating Dylan's 80th birthday, and she'll be here with us to dig into Dylan as myth, Dylan as architect of a new kind of American fame, Dylan. That's a touchstone figure that permanently alters our culture. You will not want to miss this conversation. So look for us wherever podcasts are found. And please do follow, subscribe, and share to help make this project grow. 
More about the book, events, and show notes at mangodlaw.com. We are proud to be part of the Pantheon Podcast Network. There are just too many great Pantheon shows to mention here, but check out the pod fan at pantheonpodcasts.com. I mean, we've got a podcast from the Who starting this month. Ooh, you believe it? I'm your host, Dr. Stephen Daniel Arnoff, and I'm not scared. Not really. Thanks for coming and see you soon. But when we get to the end, he wants to start all over again. Now when he says that he's afraid, won't you take him at his word? And for the price that the poor boys paid, when he gets to sing just like a bird. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.